You've been listening to JM in the AM. Coming up next, The Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten on the Nachum Siegel Network at NachumSiegel.com. Gimel Nisan, Taf, Shin, Pei, Aleph. Isru Chag in Chutz Laaretz. Just another ordinary day in Israel. Coming to you live from the offices of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Ariel Zilber opens things up for us. Post Pesach, Tafshin Pei Aleph. Or for those in America, I call it the uh, PPP3, the post Pesach period. Comes after PPP1 and 2. Um, we are opening up with Yufainu Hashem, more so for those in Chutzlaretz who are celebrating Isru Chag than for those in Israel for whom it is, as we mentioned, just a regular day because uh, Israel seems to be going back to normal, going back to regular uh, activities and work and so forth. And that's uh, it's an exciting thing to, to know that. Um, some places in Chutzlarts more so, some places in Chutzlarts less so. So either way, we Refrainu Hashem, Ariel Zilber opens things up as he does during this pandemic every Monday morning immediately following JMDM. That's when we're on, 9 a.m. Israel time, 4 p.m. No, 9 a.m. I got my Israel and America confused. 9 a.m. U.S. time, Eastern time, 4 p.m. Israel time, and around the world. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, that's the time we're on. Make note. But if you miss us, oh, you wouldn't want to miss us. But just in case you do miss us, uh, uh, you missed a live performance, performance, the live show, then you can go to the um, archives and listen to it whenever you want. Whenever you want. How's that for service? With a smile. ha <laughs> <laughs> Service with a smile. You go to the Nachum Siegel Network app, which is available for free, and you look for the Nachum Siegel, uh, you look for the archives, go look at all the different programming, including the Israel show, and you can download any episode you want over from, from the last eight and a half years and um, listen whenever you want. You don't need to have uh, your, your data being used or you don't need to be in Wi-Fi and so forth. You can do the same online if you're in front of a laptop or a desktop or any top. Um, you just go to nachomsegel.com and go to the archives there as well. And, 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 and one other possibility that exists that is actually great. You can subscribe that would be so great if a lot of people would subscribe via the Apple Podcasts. And uh, the link, if, if you go on uh, the Apple Podcasts, you do a search. I think if you do a search for NSN, it'll come up. For Mayor Weingarten, it'll come up. So uh, you can subscribe, and then it'll come in the next day automatically into your device. Like, come on, what what more could we ask for? <laughs> oh, it's been a long holiday season. So it has. But now it's over. And now we go back to, as Nachum would say, back to school, back to work. Um, I would assume that in Israel, everybody's back to normal. And Chutzlaretz last night was the uh, turnover of the kitchen, which was upside down during Pesach. And now uh, they turned it back right side up. And uh, a lot of people are tired, exhausted, were up late. So I thought, you know, after the long experience of the Yuntif and everything and all the work, appropriate song. To get us, uh, get us moving again is Baruch Hashem Ani Noshem. Thank God I'm breathing. It's good for COVID. It's good for post-pace. It's good for everything. Here he is, Leonard Kies and Shuki. 
Baruch Hashem and Hashem. We have a great show for you. Tons of analysis of what is going on. Today is one of the busiest news days in, in the last many years in, in Israel, and we'll bring it all to you as much as time permits, obviously, uh, here on The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. אני מתחיל את היום ולא יודע איך הוא ייגמר הכל נהיה בדברו מה שבטוח תמיד אני זוכר להודות על הכל על המחר והאתמול על הטוב והרע וכשתשאל אותי מה שלומך Hashem, Hashem. Thank God we're we're alive, we're well, we're breathing. And uh, those who have um, gone through the rigors of the Pesach holiday, we can uh, breathe a sigh of relief. All, all the um, people who prepared meals and prepared the house, and often we say housewives, but in our time it's husbands just as as well, kids. Everybody helps 
it's not just up to the moms anymore. And uh, I need we're breathing. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. The trial of Prime Minister Netanyahu begins in earnest today. Until now, I mean, it's been going on for a few months. Until now, there were pre-trial technicalities, procedural issues. No, no. Today, the prosecutor gave her opening statement. And the first witness took the stand. Now, just to to clarify, uh, those who are used to the United States system, court system, uh, whether because you live in the United States or because... You live in Israel and watch a, a lot of law and order. Um, and as I've said to my friends many times, I, I I know something about the law, not because I have a law degree, but because I have a law and order degree after watching so many episodes. You know, Your Honor, he's leading the witness. Anyway, um, so unlike in the United States, there's no jury. There, there's no concept in Israel of a jury trial. There are three judges who are going to be deciding this case, uh, one of three indictments being brought against Prime Minister Netanyahu. So there's no juicy opening statement by the prosecutor uh, meant to impress the jury and all that. More subdued, more subdued. It's not as big a deal as it is maybe here in the States. And the first witness took the stand. Um, there are, we've spoken about this going back years already, about the three dockets, the three indictments that were uh, being worked on. We spoke about it when they were in the middle of the investigations. We spoke about it when they were brought. And uh, you were definitely updated most of the time. There are three indictments pending against BB. Tik Elef, Tik Alpaim, Tik Arbat Alafim. Docket number, there's another law and order thing. Docket number 1,000, 2,000, Now let's focus for a second on 4,000. Tik Arbat Alafim. That's the one that is now, that the prosecution has chosen to bring first of the three indictments. So it's the most serious of the three. It's the only one of the three counts. It's the only one that carries with it a charge of bribery. Now, unlike the other two, which are just a breach of public trust, which is such a um, amorphous, uh, undefined idea, concept, it's sort of like a catch-all rule that whenever they can't put their finger on something to catch you on, they say, oh, breach of public trust. No, there's no definition of what it means. So in Israel, that, that gives the court system and the prosecutors um, a lot of leeway. But on 4,000 in the in Tikar Batalafim, there, specifically, bribery is being um, is, is, is being uh, mentioned and, and uh, being brought as a charge against Netanyahu. And therefore, it's harder to prove and here's what the charge is. We've spoken about it before. BB, according to this, did favors for a mega business mogul in Israel by the name of Shaul Alovich. 
And in return, BB got. Now, here, I'm going to say fill in the blank. What, what, if you're being charged with bribery, what would one expect that you get? You get something. You can get money. You can get other things that are have a monetary value. But here, they're charging something unique, and they admit, the prosecutors admit that it's something unique. They say BB got positive press coverage in the news website, Walla News, that was owned by Shaul Alovich. It's an unprecedented charge. It has ne- this type of charge of bribery and that the what you got, the quid pro quo for the bribery was positive coverage in the news, in a news site. That charge was never brought in the, in, in the, in the democratic, in countries that are democracies, that charge has never been brought. Because, because, because that's the way politics works. You know, we do favors for the, for the media, we leak stories to the media, they give us positive coverage, we do other things for the media, they do positive coverage. That, that's the way it works. It's, a, it, it, it's, it's unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever you want to say, the media and the, uh, and, and, and the, the, the government often work together for each one's own separate benefit. And whether you could categorize a positive news story as a bribe is a very difficult question. In fact, during the pre-trial trial, the Shimua, several experts came to Israel from the United States and said this is an absolutely irresponsible and dangerous thing to do. Here, let, let's, let's say the following. Let's say you open up your newspaper and there's a, an article talking positively about your local congressman, councilman, doesn't matter, any politician. Is somebody then going to sit there and say, wait, wait, what did the paper get from this politician that they're giving him positive coverage? Maybe he did him a favor. And that's why he's getting positive coverage. Basically, you're putting the, the whole journalistic world, you're putting journalism into a situation where they can't write anything without being suspect on every positive article or negative article. Maybe somebody else bribed them with something to write something negative about somebody else, about their opponent. How could you have a free media and yet say that it is criminal? You're criminalizing different types of coverage. Um, It's... And that's, by the way, what what the legal experts said. That is um, the reason that even though situations like this arose in other uh, 
democratic countries, countries that have freedom of, of the press, never brought such an allegation against anyone. It's a dangerous allegation. And yet, that was what they could come up And this is the most uh, difficult of the three, the, the one that, that uh, indicts Netanyahu in the strongest way, calling it bribery. So many think that this really is a stretch. And therefore, Netanyahu may get, get uh, acquitted. Can you imagine after, I mean, years and years of the media campaigning against Bibi because of this, years and years of public protests, in, 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 in relentless public protests against Bibi because he's corrupt, he's corrupt, he's corrupt, he's corrupt. Imagine he gets acquitted because the judges see that there's something wrong with this concept. I mean, Israeli Justice Department and prosecutors would suffer a major blow. It would be, wow. I mean, whatever credibility they still have, it would really... It would really go down so so much. It, it would just crash. And so it's a very, very touchy subject and very... Uh, we have to really watch it very carefully. And um, we'll go to some music and then when we come back we'll tell you about what was on the other side in the morning news on TV in Israel of the split screen. Because on one side was the trial. What was on the other side going on at the same time? Only in Israel, really surrealistic. Uh, but first, we'll take a musical break. Aaron Razel with Ten Tayom Hazeh. A new start, a new day, post-Pesach, PPP3. We begin the summer season and we say to God, give us this day. Each day is is an our our opportunity to do so much. Give us this day and everything that goes with it. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show. And then I... <laughs> You're not supposed to get that wrong. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. לא אביט לאחוריי, השביל פתוח לפניי. לא יכולתי לחכות, ארחו לי לילותיי. תן לי את היום הזה, תן לי את היום הזה. הגלה עוברת וקורת אליי, בוא Thank <laughs> you. No, it's 
hosts his brother Jonathan Razel the more famous of the Razels in singing Tainly at Hayom Hazel a new day a new day in all the opportunities that come with it let's utilize it to its fullest my name is Mayor Weingarten you're tuned to the Israel Sean the Nachum Siegel Network so we were uh, describing to the uh, television screens on the morning news programs in Israel where they had a split-screen coverage on one side was the trial of Benjamin Netanyahu, who, by the way, was forced to come to the trial, even though in many cases the defendant, especially if he's in a position like prime minister and so forth, the defendant does not have to sit in the courtroom itself, but he was forced to sit in the courtroom during the opening remarks of the prosecutor, and then he was allowed to go. So the the picture of the prime minister in, in the courtroom, the prosecutor's opening, that was one side. All the while, something else was going on in another part of Yerushalayim, not that far away. On Rehov Hanasi, in Beit Hanasi, in the president's quote-unquote mansion, the president of Israel, Ruby Rivlin, was carrying out one of his uh, few actual duties that are not ceremonial, although some would say otherwise. After each election, you have a, a group of parties, 
And like in this election, there's no obvious winner. So, after each election, the President of Israel invites each party to come to the President's house, mansion, and recommend that the President give the mandate to form a government to person X or Y. And then the president will see who has the most mamlitzim, who, who, are, who, are, who is being recommended by the most number, by the largest number of people, and he will usually, almost always, he will call upon that person to try and form a government that person has 28 days to do so. So, for example, and, and this goes, by the way, this is like, uh, almost like they say, like the train station, right? First thing in the morning, it goes from largest party to smallest. So, first thing in the morning, the Likud representatives were there. They have a conversation with the prime, with the president. Each uh, party is allotted about 45 minutes. I, maybe the smaller ones are allotted less time. Um and they come before the president and they say, we recommend that Benjamin Netanyahu be given the opportunity to form a government. Then the next largest party comes, which in this case is Yesh Atid. And they would say, presumably, we recommend that your Lapid be given the task of trying to form a government. And so it goes, and then at the end of the day, the president will add up how many for this guy, how many for that guy, how many, and if anyone has 61 recommenders, 61 votes, so to speak, meaning right negotiations, he can put together a coalition, a majority coalition of 61 par, uh, peop, uh, Knesset members, based on the party recommendations, then the president basically has no choice. He has to call in that person and says, I give you now 28 days to try and form a government by negotiating with all these other people that recommended you. That is the process. That's the process. Um, So the split screen that Israelis saw today was on one side... Members of the Likud, Netanyahu's party, sitting with the President of Israel, recommending that Benjamin Netanyahu should be called upon to put together the next government of the State of Israel. And on the other side of the screen, that very same Benjamin Netanyahu sitting in court, being prosecuted in three indictments, that uh, 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 of which the 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 most difficult, the, the harshest one, is bribery. Is that not surreal? Is that not a surreal picture? I mean, you couldn't have planned it better, and they didn't plan it. It it didn't come planned. But it's it's amazing how it's amazing how Netanyahu can continue on, continue to do both of these things, dance at both of these weddings, if you will to continue, quote-unquote, running the country. And everybody admit, I think almost everybody will admit, that he, he the whole vaccination process, 
getting the vaccines, making sure that there are enough vaccines and all that. That's to his credit. Even the head of Pfizer gave him the credit for his uh, his negotiations and his work with Pfizer in order to get enough of the vaccines. They have extra vaccines. They're actually going to share them with other countries. But of course, the court says no, just whatever. That's that talk about the courts. Um, so you have that part of Netanyahu, and you have the part that's sitting in court, and then you have the other part of the screen where you have 30 Knesset seats representing a million, or maybe more than a million, voters who voted for this very Netanyahu, who on the other side of the screen <laughs> is sitting on trial for bribery. It, it, it is surreal. It's a surreal picture. And um, leave it to the Israeli system on all and all parts of the Israeli system to um, to come up with such a, an unbelievable scenario. Okay, we're going to do two songs, and then we're going to talk about the paradigm change in Israeli politics regarding the inclusion of the Arab politicians, the Arab parties in coalitions, something that had not happened previously. So um, to celebrate post-Pesach, well, actually, we'll just do this one and then we'll do, um, no, let's see, let me just see where our time is. We'll um, we'll do uh, okay. We'll do one song now to celebrate post. It's live. It's live. It's live radio. This is what happens in live radio. As my mentor, Mayor Fertig, once said, when I made some technical error on the board, he said, "Did anyone die?" I said, "No." He said, "It's live radio. That's it. Nothing. No problem. Just one." Shamda uh, has printed live. By the Philharmonic Orchestra of, I think, of Rishon Lezion, in a performance in Hech Tel Aviv, full rendition of Ahisha Amda, to close out this Pesach season, post Pesach period. And uh, we'll be back with more about what's going on in Israel and the politics. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nagel Network. Yeah. 
time we play this song, I'll tell you the great story that goes with it. Um, my name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network, and very, very hopefully, you're hearing us loud and clear because uh, we have uh, reports of some choppiness, and that might be uh, something uh, in the internet, in the, <laughs> in the interweb. Um I mentioned before, and the name escaped me, so I looked it up during the song. I mentioned before that uh, some lawyers from the United States came to the Netanyahu pretrial to uh, explain why charging uh, bribery in the case of positive coverage in news is uh, sort of an undemocratic thing to do and has never been brought um, in other democratic countries where there's freedom of the press. I forgot, I forgot, I knew who it was that I just couldn't get my 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 brain to recall the name of the lawyer. It was Nat and Eliza Lewin that, it, it, Nat and Eliza Lewin practiced together, Eliza is his daughter, I believe, but it was Nat Lewin who came from the United States together with another attorney and who presented this, um, this uh, argument. I remember at the time we spoke about it on the Israel show and I played for you the reaction of the very anti-BB journalist, Amnon Abramovich, who made fun of Lewin, as if he's a Yehudi nechmad kazeh, and just took one of the leading lawyers who has appeared before the Supreme Court in the United States many times and made him out to be some nebuch nobody because of the sin of his... Um, testifying on behalf of Netanyahu and against what they were trying to do for to him. So, what can we say? What can we say? What can we say? This system, unfortunately, oftentimes many people say it and it seems to be that the system somewhat is rigged against Netanyahu in this particular case. There's there was, without a doubt, um, an investigation of the type that, and and this has come out, uh, e- even uh, not officially, but from leaks from official sources, that it was like 
let's find something that he did wrong, Netanyahu. It's not like there's something that we know was wrong. Let's investigate how that happened. It was, no, let's look for something that, well, any person in the world, if you're going to look for something that he did wrong and and threaten the clo- his closest advisors and so forth, they'll find something. And in this case, the, all they could find was this and two other rather um, innocuous, I guess, uh, accusations. Okay. So we, with the time that we have left, I want to tell you about the paradigm shift in Israel vis-a-vis um, the Arab Knesset members, the Arab parties in the Knesset. Now, you have to remember something. Sometimes we forget that, uh, in the States especially. Uh, the population of Israel is 20% Arabs. 20%. This is not including Yehuda and Shamron. This is in the pre-67 Israel. The Arabs that did not run away, the Arabs that stayed in place, didn't always have it great, but now they're doing pretty well, and they are 20% of the electorate. So they have the ability to use this power, but... Up until now, the Arab parties used to be all about anti-Zionist, pro-Palestinian Arabs. You know, we have to, um, Israel has to retreat from uh, the 67 uh, areas, blah, blah, blah. And, And it became, and there were some that were more radical, some that wanted to abolish the Jewish state, some that wanted to to force Israel to concede uh, to 67 borders. But they were, the Arab parties that were elected by, by ma- mainly the Arabs and some very radical left-wing Jews um, were focusing on that, were focusing on the national, nationalistic, political issues. And at some point, it became clear that their voters are not happy The voters don't care as much about what's happening to the Palestinian Arabs in Yehudan Shamron. They want proper roads. They want proper jobs. They want proper education. They want their Knesset members to be busy with their needs, the needs of their constituents and voters, not so much the politics of the international politics or the geopolitics of the area. Um, Starting four elections ago, there was a group put together of four major Arab parties from the most radical to the most uh, not radical, led by Ayman Odeh, an Israeli Arab, of course, and he tried to present a more tolerant towards Jews, a more tolerant towards Israel, a more let's work on the on, on the issues that the constituents want. And they got this this group, United Arab Parties, Awishimaha Mishutefet, got fifteen seats, not in this past election, but in previous elections, fifteen seats, and that's a huge party. That was I think they were the third largest party in, in the Knesset which shows you what potential they have. 
And this is where Kaholavan and and uh, Yeshatid and and so forth, Lapid and Gans and so forth. This is where everything fell apart. Step stage one. Lapid and some of the others said, "Look, we can put together a group of sixty-one." that will get rid of Netanyahu. That, that is, by the way, and we mentioned it a few weeks ago, that the elections are about, yes, Netanyahu, no Netanyahu, or as I like to say, to Bibi or not to Bibi. It's amazing. The hatred that's, that's been developed toward Bibi is just beyond recognition, is beyond normalcy, I should say. And so they wanted to Lapid especially, put together a coalition which would include the 15 Arab votes who wouldn't be part of the government but would vote in, in, in the forming of the government, they would vote for Lapid and Gans and against Bibi and in, in so doing will give a majority to the non-BBs and kick BB out of office. That was what they wanted to do. And they were very close to doing it. Three people on in that party, no, two in that party and one in another, jumped ship and said, no, we will not give, lend a hand, we will not lend our vote to this kind of situation where this government will be dependent on the 15 votes of the Arabs, some of which in that Arab party are virulently anti-Israel, anti-Zionist, want Israel to be, you know, uh, destroyed in the sense of it should be not a Jewish country, it should be a country just like any other democratic country without any national identity or religious identity and so forth. Yoaz Hendel, Orly Levy, and Svi Hauser left the side of the left and went over right away to the right. And they thwarted that, that whole idea. What happened in this election was that one of the four parties one of the less radical, you know, the, even the less radical is radical, but called Ra'am, headed by somebody by the name of Mansour Abbas, not to be confused with Mahmoud Abbas, who's the head of the PA. Mansour Abbas, who's uh, been a Knesset member, he's actually a dentist by trade, so it's Dr. Mansour Abbas. And he split off and ended up coming up with four seats. And now Netanyahu has been working very hard to say Mansour Abbas could be a partner. And, you know, you, you, you do a lot of work and you say it enough times and suddenly an Arab party, which has a lot of issues for Jews, especially for, for example, the religious Zionist Jews and so forth, could be part of the coalition. What happens when Israel needs to make a decision whether they're going to attack in Lebanon or in Gaza or or do some anti-terror attacks in Yudan Shomron? Will the government be held to account by 
the Arab parties. Well, not in that particular vote, because the left will vote with them. But what what happens if they say, well, we're leaving the coalition, we're leaving? It's a very sensitive and difficult situation, but it is a paradigm shift. As Mansour Abbas got on television, 8 o'clock, prime time, every single st- channel on t- television station in Israel, it was like the president was talking, gave him the the time to present uh, about a five to seven minute uh, speech in which he said we want to work with you we have concerns we have uh, it, local domestic issues and we want to work with you and um, and uh, together to get the roads paved <laughs> and so forth and, and to stop the violence, the internal violence that's going on within the Arab community. That's also a big issue. And um, we, we, we are not blacklisting anybody. We will talk to anybody that's willing to talk to us and so forth and so on. It was interesting also that he presented himself at the beginning of that speech as an Arab a Muslim and an Israeli citizen. He did not say, and a Palestinian. Of course, that was smart, and shouldn't read too much into it other than that he's a smart politician. What will happen with this thing? This is a key, a key to what happens in in future politics in Israel, especially with regards to the participation of the Arab parties in the coalitions, which has not happened before. It could be that they will participate from outside Mibachutz, as they say, which means that they won't be in the coalition, they won't have ministerial uh, positions and so forth, but they will always vote with the government or abstain, but never vote against the government, and in return they'll get budgets and and so forth. Okay, we'll end up with... Let's see. We don't have much time, but we'll end up with at least part of Ad HaShachar Ya'aleh, Bat Ela. Before that, we say thank you for tuning in. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the Stefan Nachum Siegel Network. My very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up, Yoni Pollock, with after further review, covering the latest in the world of sports, and Novik now with Jake Novik, and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday. Immediately following JMDM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.